Coming to you live from the North Pole, it's the Movie Change-Up Podcast, Mount Rushmore edition, where uh, if you haven't seen uh, our show before, especially our Mount Rushmore show, or you don't listen to sports talk, basically what we're talking about when it comes to a Mount Rushmore of something, as we come up with a category, especially for our podcast, it's going to be something related to movies, and we try to come up with uh, the Mount Rushmore of that category. Uh, For instance... Uh, our first category today is Christmas movies, and I'm going to come up with uh, what I think would be on the Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies if they were to build one. Johnny's going to give his four, Tristan's going to give his four, and then we're going to come together and give the show's four uh, for Mount Rushmore movies. And uh, that kind of is a breakdown, and if you're confused by that, uh, just keep watching and you'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, we've worked on these lists for uh, a long time now. We've put a lot of thought and effort and do it, and we've gone back and forth, you know, we've all had multiple, we've had, you know, hundreds of movies that we could have broken down and cut down, and it's been a real rough road, narrowing it down to four, or we came up with this idea four hours ago, you take your pick on uh, which which option it is, uh, but I had a lot of fun uh, coming up with this list in the very short time that I've had, and I will go to Johnny, you've, you know, made your list, and I'm sure you've checked it, but have you checked it twice? You know, since we've been working on this since about last Christmas, you know, I've been checking it almost daily. So I've definitely been checking over it, um, you know, all year long, been really waiting to do it. So we're excited to uh, have an excuse to break it out, even though it's not Christmas time yet. It's uh, December now. So it's basically Christmas month. I think I think honestly, after December 1st, you can officially declare it Christmas time. Um, yeah. And Tristan, you know. We've had a lot of effort, you know, a lot of time to put effort into our list. And so have you been naughty or have you been nice when it comes to actually putting effort into your list? You know, as with every year, a little bit of naughty, a little bit of nice is how you kind of get through it, you know. And some I had a lot of thought put into, but a bit back in my head around paper for, you know, a long time. We've been wanting to do something like this for a while. And the other ones, if you're watching the video, you can see me quickly typing away as I uh, – Fill in a couple of spots here and there from a couple of categories. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Christmas movies are always pretty fun. And there's a wider range of options than you think for some of these categories. But some of them are also very tight. <laughs> so it'll be fun to see what you guys came up with for some of these. All right. And uh, I think without further ado, I am going to let Johnny uh, kick off our first list of uh, just overall Christmas movies. So, Johnny, what is on your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? All right, starting off the the bat with the with the big category here. Um, so for Christmas movies as a whole, my four choices. Um, I have It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that's the most, you know, one of the most iconic ones of all time, uh, arguably. And then the one of the, you know a not necessarily a christmas story but the most famous christmas story i would say is a christmas carol i think there's a few decent ones but my favorite one is a christmas carol with george c scott i think it was originally a tv movie um but that's you know christmas especially back in the the olden days had a lot of tv movies so i have a christmas carol it's a wonderful life and then going a little more modern i have elf that's i think the best christmas movie of the 21st century um, and one that grew on me, one that I didn't love at first. And then over the years, it's a go-to Christmas movie for me. And then I'm going with the one, you know, the, the debate on it is so annoying, but it's 
alive and it's because of how iconic this movie is so my fourth spot i did go with die hard um i believe it's a christmas movie i'm over the you know debate of every year people have to tweet about that um and argue with each other about it but uh i think that makes it stand out even more around this time of year so i usually try to watch it come come christmas time so my four are die hard elf it's a wonderful life and a christmas carol all right, and uh, Tristan, he gave his list. What is on your list? Yeah, my list, I have a couple of crossovers. Uh, there's some that are just too iconic not to put on there, and my one that is a crossover for sure is Elf. I think for talking modern-day classics, there's nothing even close to Elf. I would argue this is, like, one of one of the most classic movies made in the last, like, I don't know, 15 years since it's been out. You know, it's a go-to classic for the Christmas season and fits right in line with all the other, like, all-time classics in a way that a lot of new movies don't really fit in. Uh, and my other crossover is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Johnny had that as well. I think that's a movie that it just gets you in the Christmas spirit of, of a good feeling. It's a good vibes of the year and the, the uh, like the kind of the giving and the caring element of the season. You know, I call it the season of giving, and I think this movie is very much about that. It's about kind of people coming together at the end and helping somebody up just because, like, they're a human being. It's about human empathy and human caring and loving for your neighbor and your family. And I think that's ultimately loving for yourself too. You know, he wants to end his life and he realizes that he has something to live for. And I think that's something that in the holidays, sometimes people can struggle with like depression and things like that, uh, the season. So I think this is a great movie for not just family, people who don't necessarily have someone and it might be going through the holidays alone. So I think the movie covers like the whole gambit of an audience. <laughs> so that's why I have that on there. And my next is an iconic animated movie. I wanted to cover an animated classic on here. There's so many, whether it's animated or stop motion uh, movies that we could have talked about. And one for me that uh, is an all time classic is how the Grinch stole Christmas. Like I can picture every single beat of that movie. It's a very short kind of kids movie, but like I can, I can remember every single scene and every little line of the song and how it correlated to the scene in the movie. And people don't just remember the character, the Grinch. They also remember like other characters. They remember Whoville. They remember the who's they remember a lot of that stuff that was portrayed in the movie. So I, I have that on my list as the animated movie that I wanted to cover. And my fourth pick is one that I, uh, it's kind of a personal pick, but I wanted to cover the horror Christmas subgenre, you know, the, the Christmas horror movie. There's not a lot of great ones, but one that I think is pretty good is Black Christmas. And that's a, a, definitely an iconic classic one that people talk about as a horror Christmas movie. If you haven't seen it, it's, a classic uh, old horror Christmas movie, but uh, it's essentially a slasher movie where it's a Christmas party, a sorority girls Christmas party, and they're being hunted down and kind of called and harassed on the phone. It came out, I believe, in 1970, 1974. So yeah, it's a Christmas break, kind of a Christmas party where a group of girls are harassed and kind of stalked down by a slasher. So if you like a classic slasher, a classic like, you know, 70s horror movie, you might want to check this one out. It's a fun one. Margot Kidder is in it if you like uh, Superman. <laughs> Lois Lane is a, is a scream queen at one point of her life, and this is one of her one of her horror movies. So I recommend this as a, as a classic Christmas horror movie. All right, and uh, I think that wraps up Tristan's list. And I have one in common with the two of you. So uh, I, went wow. with, I went with more of a personal take. Uh, while I enjoy a lot of the movies you guys brought up, some of them I don't know how well they hold up, and I think part of them uh, – are not that great. Um, first one I have is the Johnny brought it up. It's crossover. 
It's one everyone debates. Is it a Christmas movie? It's not. I've never cared about the debate because it just is. It's Die Hard. It's set on Christmas Eve. The movie does not work if it's not set on Christmas. Uh, it kicked off a great franchise. It didn't become so much of a Christmas franchise except for the sequel. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. It should be the movie that plays on network TV every Christmas Eve. Uh, my second one is a movie no one brought up. It's a movie that's really the only Christmas movie I know that's inspired this big 20-year Christmas franchise that there's really only been two good movies in the franchise, and that's Home Alone. Every kid our age wanted to be Kevin McAllister. Joe Pesci's, no. am Joe Pesci's amazing in it. Daniel Stern's amazing in it. Because of that movie, Macaulay Culkin's still a household name. Uh, I love it. It's a great movie. You check out the uh, main score for uh, Home Alone. John Williams basically reused the main score for Hedwig's theme in Harry Potter. And uh, then a third one that I don't know. I'm, I might be the only one that's seen it. It's uh, somewhat based on a true story. It's more of an amalgamation of stories tied together. And that is the World War I uh, Christmas-themed movie, Joyeux Noël, uh, where basically you have the Scottish, the French, and the Germans all fighting each other on the battlefield and all come together on the night of Christmas Eve. they all singing together, partying together, and it also kind of deals with the aftermath the next day on Christmas. So they've kind of become friends with the enemy, and, they, and it's dealing with the aftermath of that. It's a really good movie. Uh, Daniel Bruhl's in it. Uh, he, wasn't, he was kind of unknown at the time, but has since been in, in Inglorious Bastards and has been in the MCU and has become a relatively famous actor. Uh, Diane Kruger is in it as well. Really good movie, nominated for Best Foreign Film that year. And then finally, uh, fourth movie, relatively recent movie, animated. A movie I was shocked at how much I liked it, and that is Klaus. Kind of a, an origin story of Santa Claus uh, that I liked a lot. I think it could become... Uh, a modern classic, a classic movie that families sit around and watch at, during Christmas time every year that I think uh, parents and kids can enjoy. And so that is my four picks. is Die Hard, Home Alone, Joy and Noel, and Klaus. A little bit more of a personal picks, but there, it's my Mount Rushmore, damn it. It's not the world's Mount Rushmore. Alright. So from that, Joe, I think that gives us locks because... Well, we have at three least two of the two. three of us. Two of the three of us have Elf, It's a Wonderful Life, and Die Hard. Yeah, those are our three locks, I think. It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, and Die Hard. And I have one that wasn't on my list, but I think we have to include it. Um, and uh, I will get Tristan's opinion because it wasn't on his list, and I think you have to include A Christmas Carol. But Tristan may disagree. I think it's between, because that's obviously on my list. Uh, I think that's a good choice. But Tristan mentioned how The Grinch Stole Christmas, the original animated one. And I think having an animated movie on there is is a good idea, too. So I think those are the two that I'd say it's between, for sure. Yeah, I would argue for my argument to put The Grinch on there, because it's totally different than anything else on this list. Yeah, like, it's I'm a kid's movie. It's an animated movie. It's, like, a really short one. And I think... As much as I love Christmas Carol, it, in some ways it kind of checks the same box as Wonderful Life. Like it's an old, was... an old, an old solid classic kind of black and white. Not that all black and white movies are the same, but it has that kind of like 
Americana feel to it, you know. So I, was, I think I, I was about uh, to say I would I would argue that when Tristan brought up the differences, uh, I think it's a wonderful life kind of checks that box of that classic uh, yeah. classic story that they remake again and again, but in different ways. Like you could even argue like Back to the Future Two is kind of like a, it's a wonderful lifestyle story, like m- pretty much every kind of holiday sitcom does one or two of those of the I wish I was never born story or the grouchy character becomes nice character through like meeting various characters and seeing their past present and future and I think it's a wonderful life checks that box of that story so I am down with R4 being it's a wonderful life elf how the Grinch stole Christmas and die hard yeah I I agree I think that covers kind of all the bases of it you kind of die hard encapsulates the a movie set on Christmas, is it really a Christmas movie type of thing? Because there are a few like that, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang goes along that same thing, but Die Hard's obviously the most iconic. Elf is just a straight-up, like, modern classic, and, you know, we have the all-time classic It's a Wonder of Life, and then the classic animated Grinch. Um, I, yeah, I think those are definitely the four best ways to go there. Yep, all right, so I think that's a lock, our... Uh... The movie change at Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, Die Hard, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And that moves us on to our next category. And I forgot to say up top all of our uh, categories for today. So obviously we've been doing Christmas movies. Our next category will be uh, Santa portrayals in movies. Then we're doing main characters in Christmas movies, side characters in Christmas movies. Uh, we're going to take a step away from Christmas movies and do non-Christmas holiday movies. And finally, ending on Christmas scenes and non-Christmas movies. So, Tristan, do you want to kick us off on Santa portrayals in, uh, in Christmas movies? Or any movie, I guess, technically. You got it. Yeah, I Santa portrayals for my number one. I have uh, one of the stop-motion classics, one that I watch all the time as a kid. And it's uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town from 1970. Talk about Claus giving you, like, the origin story of Santa Claus. And this is truly like the Santa Claus Batman Begins movie where, where it's like you follow him from birth, literally. Where are the like toys a, going? A, a baby all the way to his old time as Santa Claus. And, like, he falls in love and there's, like, a whole love story and, like, a rebellion against, like, an oppressive uh, culture that wants to, like, cancel Christmas, cancel Christmas, but not in, like, a, you know, a political way but it's just like oh we don't like fun we don't like anyone having any good times and then and then the santa claus santa comes in and is kind of like restores fun to the town so you get kind of the christmas vibes there too and i had a great time watching this so i think that is a something you want from santa someone that can come and like fill people with joy and fill people with fun so you get not only the origin story of santa but you get like a, a character bringing joy to people so that my pick for that is santa claus from uh, santa claus is coming to town my second is another classic, uh, but this time it's a live-action movie, and it's Miracle on 34th Street. I don't think the movie necessarily is held up that well as an entertaining piece of, of cinema or something like that, but I think the, the premise of it is very interesting in the fact that this young this Santa Claus shows up and this, this man shows up and essentially says, I'm Santa Claus and I can prove it legally, you know, and you get like this legal battle of, okay, is Santa Claus real or is he not? And it becomes not like a spiritual battle of can people believe, but also like a legal battle of like, can you prove this as in the court of law? And I think that's a really interesting take on Santa. So if I'm covering the Santa portrayals, I wanted to cover a very d- classic movie with a very different take on Santa Claus that I think is interesting and different than what we've seen from other different versions of the character. 
quick uh, clarification question. Did you pick the original or the uh, 90s remake? I was thinking the original. I've, I'm not even sure if I've seen the 90s remake, but uh, <laughs> I've seen the black and white one a lot. Okay. My next movie is uh, one, talk about a unique portrayal of Santa Claus. This is a, a, a very unique portrayal of Santa Claus, and it is Bad Santa. Uh, we got Billy Bob Thornton, who plays this kind of washed-up alcoholic mall Santa, because, you know, Santa is real, but sometimes the mall Santas are, are not real. <laughs> and Billy Bob Thornton is definitely not uh, embodying Santa Claus in this movie. He has, like, essentially all the opposing factors of Santa, but you still get the Christmas story of this. You kind of have it. He has, like, a redemption arc throughout the movie, and he kind of, like, sees the meaning of Christmas in, in his own way. So you have a bit of the Christmas vibes in there. But I think it's a really fun take to see this character who is usually so joyful and so fun taken to, like, this extremely vulgar uh, uh, take as Billy Bob Thornton as, as Santa in that movie, and he uh, really plays up the, the ridiculousness. And whenever I see Billy Bob Thornton in anything else, I'll always think of this movie and this uh, portrayal. So I think it's a really fun movie that I watch almost every year. Next one, uh, you can tell I went with personal choices for a couple of these categories, especially this one, because I went with a yet another unique take on the, on the Santa Claus character. And that is uh, wrestler Bill Goldberg as Santa in <laughs> Santa's Slay, the Christmas horror movie where Bill Goldberg plays uh, evil Santa. This time it is, not, it is not Kris Kringle. It is, in fact, the spawn of Satan, who is now Santa. And he is slaughtering people on Christmas Eve. So if you want to see... Punting a, dogs. <laughs> a great... A fun B movie, one that I'll always remember because I caught it like a couple of minutes into it randomly on like a some some middle of the night TV channel out here, and when I was a kid and watched it, and it was like such a fun introduction to like the B movie camp of horror. And I remember feeling like, oh my god, I shouldn't be watching this because it's Santa doing all of these all of these terrible things. And I was like very young to be watching it, but I had a really good time with it. So it has good memories for me, and I also wanted to cover that massive, massive subgenre of horror of just evil Santa because <laughs> there's just so, so many of them. And I think this is one that is kind of like a fun, uh, iconic version that people have, people have at least seen and heard of because it's so ridiculous. I was going to mention Santa, Santa Slay's or Santa's Slay when you mentioned uh, Black Christmas being the ultimate slasher um, Christmas movie. Um, so I'm glad it was brought up here. If I was going to predict oh, one of you was going to pick Bill Goldberg for uh, an option in one of these categories, it would not have been Tristan. So <laughs> I thought about it. All right, so uh, with Tristan done, that makes me next up. And uh, for my first pick in uh, Santa Portrayals, it's a movie we talked about earlier. It made our previous Mount Rushmore, and I am picking Ed Asner and Elf. I kind of like the idea that uh, the Santa in this movie kind of has more of just an everyman feel to him. He's not like, I mean, he's not mean. He's not like a bad guy, but he's not like this jolly, magical, altruistic being. He's just like, feels like the nice boss of this company almost in a way. And I kind of like that different portrayal of Santa rather than just like your typical jolly, stereotypical Batman, or Batman, stereotypical, uh, Santa portrayal, and for my next one, a uh, movie I grew up with a lot, watched it over and over, uh, it's the reason uh, kids our age misspell Santa Claus, and I'm going with Tim Allen in The Santa Claus, I kind of like the uh, origin, this version, origin story of Santa, I think a lot of the magical stuff works, 
uh, throughout it. It's a really good father-son story. The special effects in it, I feel like, don't get really talked about enough. The transformation of him slowly going from normal, average, everyday Tim Allen slash Scott Calvin to full-on Santa Claus at the end, I think, really works. And uh, so that's my pick. Uh, my next one is uh, one that uh, I talked about my previous Mount Rushmore, and it's a different type of portrayal of Santa Claus, and that's J.K. Simmons as Klaus. It's an animated voice portrayal, but I think the whole package really works. I think I like the story of this, your main character, lead character in the movie, not being Santa Claus, but he kind of teaches Santa Claus how to be Santa Claus, or at least brings it out of him and takes him from this stoic, quiet man out in the woods into being like the stereotypical Santa uh, we know. Uh, just from, you know, pop culture and whatnot. And then my final pick, I should have brought it up earlier, uh, but it was on Tristan's list as well, and that is Edmund Gwen uh, from the original Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, I agree with everything Tristan said. It's a really good story. One of the all-time great endings, uh, movie endings, I feel, of them finally proving him as Santa Claus, and spoiler alert, by all of the mail that all of the kids had written to Santa Claus being brought to him. And it's like, well, if the mail people think he's Santa Claus, then the government does, and therefore he is Santa Claus. So, uh, great ending. And uh, that means it is Johnny's turn. Yeah, I have, uh, I have, I think, a couple crossovers here, mainly with uh, with Joe on that one. Um, I did go with Klaus, uh, J.K. Simmons and Klaus. Uh, Joe got me to watch that within the last year or two, and I, I really enjoyed that, and I thought that was a great portrayal. And the animation is awesome too. Um, I also have Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. That franchise went off the rails kind of quickly after the first one, but yeah, the first the... one's a classic. Second one's okay. The third one's garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes um, with a lot of those too. And then I have, like Tristan had, Santa Claus is coming to town. I have a classic animated Santa, and that is. Mickey Rooney's Santa in all of the like the Rankin Bass stop motion uh, made for TV classic uh, movies. I think that he was the voice of of Santa and all those like Rudolph and all that, and uh, that's very iconic and memorable. Um, and then I also had Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, but I actually did have Richard Attenborough because um, I spare no expense uh, in the in the nineties remake version. I've never seen the original. I don't re- even remember much from the remake, but um, I remember Richard Attenborough really standing out in it. And I think his portrayal, while the movie itself might not be as good as the original, I think his portrayal is better than what I've seen from in the original. I think some like people, you know, reviews of the movie that I've seen have said like, you know, while Richard Attenborough is great in it, the movie itself kind of falls flat. Um, but I think his performance stands out. And I always, when I picture Santa, I kind of picture Richard Attenborough's face always, even though I've maybe seen that movie once. Um, but he just has the the look of a classic Santa. So those are my four. So Klaus, uh, Tim Allen in, uh, in the Santa Claus, uh, Mickey Rooney, Santa in the stop motion, and then uh, Richard, Ad- Richard Attenborough's version of Miracle on 34th Street. All right. So do we do, since... Do we want to just lock in me and Tristan's pick of the original uh, Santa on the Miracle on 34th Street? Because all three of us have that yeah. basically movie, and me and Tristan went with the original. So, Yeah, that's fine. You two both went with the original. I went with the remake, but I've never seen the original all the way through. So, 
And then that's, pretty I, much, that's probably why. And then Klaus and Tim Allen both uh, have two votes, so I think we can lock that one in. And then, yeah, I'd be so, willing to lock both of those down. I think Tim Allen uh, that perform that version of Santa was very close to getting on my list as well. So that's perfectly fine getting on there. And I haven't seen Klaus. You guys you have raved about it, so I'll probably watch it this year. But you yeah, I'll definitely uh, surrender to that one because you guys have praised it so much. It's a Netflix movie, so it's you know free on Netflix. Uh, yeah, so if anyone here hasn't seen Klaus, you got kids, don't got kids, I'd still recommend checking it out. Um, so that we have, do we since Tristan had one of the like Rankin Bass movies, but he had a different one, and Johnny had the kind of just all of the ones with Mickey Rooney. Do we want to just go with uh, one of those? Or yeah, do I we want to go with something the... crazy like Santa Slayer, Bad Santa. I I love Bad Santa. That's my personal favorite Christmas movie which I almost forgot about when I was making this list until I thought about it. And then I was like, I want to put it in every category. <laughs> um, but I, I went with, uh, I think having an animated Santa is good. Just like we kind of did with I the mean, movies. We do have Klaus right classics. Now. And we have Klaus, but that's still newer. Not a lot of people have seen it. I think that's a great kind of different portrayal, but like the classic Santa in those stop motion movies that we all pretty much grew up with our parents making us watch. Um, you know, that's always the, that's the other Santa I picture, uh, is the one from that and like Rudolph and whatever. Yeah. So. I would argue, uh, if you want to get the full gambit, do you want to cover bad Santa? I think bad Santa has like, is like covers that in a similar way of Santa Slay almost, where it's like that total far out version of Santa. That's not anything like you've seen in other movies. And I think between the Klaus and 34th street and Tim Allen, we kind of have covered like the classic classic story storybook kind of version of santa so if you want to throw out a kind of wild one i think the best option for that is bad santa i mean i agree with that but i think if if everyone else on our list is actually santa claus and that's the only one that demolished santa i don't know if that helps or hurts putting him on or not because that was the only reason i kind of excluded him that's my favorite performance but i was thinking like actual like movies that portray santa as a real yeah that's that's where i was leaning when i was making my list and that's why i kind of avoided the bad santas and all of that however like at this point like where we are i feel like including like the original rankin bass santa is kind of redundant of what we already have and the bad santa is something that's different and i and i that's kind of where i was kind of leaning is towards the this towards the bad hey, Santa. I'd be I'd be down for that. I want Bad Santa to make as many of these categories as it can. Yeah, because my argument was almost going to be to swapping out Klaus for the for the classic animated Santa. Because even though Klaus is great for going Mount Rushmore, I I lean more towards like the classics. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, but fuck those old movies. You know, yeah, they're uh, not that I, great. I've tried checking <laughs> them out recently, and they they don't hold up. They hold up like a tissue paper in a hurricane. Okay, they're not good. Yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town still holds up pretty well. I don't know about that. So are we locking in Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton? Hell yeah. Let's do it. it. All right. So our Mount Rushmore of Santa portrayals in movies. We have Edmund Gwen from Miracle on 34th Street. Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa. J.K. Simmons in Klaus. And Tim Allen in The Santa Claus. Which moves us on to our next category which I am covering, and that is main characters in Christmas movies. And we kind of decided, because we have the Santa category, 
uh, that we are excluding Santa Claus from our uh, next two categories. So if you're like, oh, why didn't you include Santa Claus in this? It's because he had his own category. We didn't need to put him in one of these. And so for me, uh, my first pick is a movie we've been talking about throughout, and that is Buddy the Elf in Elf. Uh, this was like the first one that crossed my mind. I thought it was a clear and obvious pick. To me, it's probably Will Ferrell's best comedic performance and probably my favorite performance. He was perfectly cast in this. I don't think the movie works with anyone else in that role. Uh, next up is uh, the greatest uh, movie star of all time, and that is... Uh, Bill Murray's role of Frank Cross in Scrooge. Perfect Bill Murray role where he come goes from like the lovable asshole to the kind of just the lovable everyman great guy at the end. It's the somewhat modern story of A Christmas Carol. It was made in the 80s, so some of it doesn't quite hold up anymore, but for the mer- most part, it's still a modern uh, retelling. Third, I have George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. He's basically the perfect human being goes through this life and it's kind of almost it's such a basic character that you can imprint any kind of character onto it and that's why the movie's so remakeable and so adaptable that they can put you know whether you could put like Kermit the Frog in there and have it it's a wonderful life starring Kermit the Frog and then finally uh, my fourth option a movie I've brought up before and that's Kevin McAllister as Home Alone I wanted a kid character it's a you know a Christmas category Christmas is about the kids, so I had to have a kid. Every kid our age when that movie came out wanted to be Kevin McAllister. You know, there's been movies with superheroes, and I still feel like would you, if you asked a kid, like, would you rather be Superman or would you rather be Kevin McAllister? A large group of kids would still choose Kevin McAllister. And uh, those are my four picks. Buddy the Elf, Frank Cross, George Bailey, and Kevin McAllister. And so next it goes to uh, Johnny. I didn't know that many kids just wanted bad parents. Um, all right. Here are my main characters. Um, I also, I have one crossover with, with Joe. I have George Bailey, uh, Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life. That one, like we said, is super iconic. And I kind of have the same feelings on why we didn't go with a Christmas Carol. If we have George Bailey on the list, I don't think we need a Scrooge. So my other three, I have, uh, Jack Skellington. Um, from The Nightmare Before Christmas. I think that one that one covers all the gamuts of being a, a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie, and he is so iconic. I mean, you can't walk into a mall without, you know, seeing Jack Skellington, mainly because Hot Topics are mainly in malls, but he has such, he's carried over so much and is, like, you know exactly what movie he's from. You know, you he basically created a whole chain of stores just by, <laughs> you know, being in a movie, so... That's pretty iconic. Um, And then I have one that I think is a hit or miss movie for people, but I think his performance is incredible, and that's Jim Carrey's Grinch. I think he is awesome in that movie. Um, And I think that while the movie itself has a lot of weird elements, everything when he's on screen I think is is great and done really well. Um, I saw someone tweet the other day, if you stuck an A24 logo, in front of uh, that movie, people would go crazy over it. I don't necessarily agree with that because you still have the weird key party and stuff with the uh, the who's, but um, Jim Carrey's great in it. And then I said, fuck off to the no Santa rule, and that's why I didn't include him in our Santa, but I have Willie in Bad Santa. Um, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton uh, is my other choice. I, I get that. 
I, I had to have him as one or the other, and that's basically the only reason I didn't have him as a Santa portrayal. So, you know, he's a mall Santa. You see him a lot not as Santa, so I think he can cover both categories. So I have uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's Willie in Bad Santa on there. So my four are uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch, Jimmy Stewart's George Bailey, uh, Jack Skellington, voiced by Danny Elfman when he's singing. I don't know who actually does the other voice. And then uh, Billy Bob Thornton's Willie in Bad Santa. All right, Tristan, where are you at? What do you got? Uh, yeah, for me, I've got a couple of crossovers here. Uh, quite a few, actually. I'll go for the one that is, I mean, I think Buddy the Elf is, talk about an iconic character. I think that is going to be like a staple of Christmas posters and Christmas montages for decades to come. You know, when you see like the Christmas movies that made us on Netflix, the, the icon on there is Buddy the Elf, you know, because he embodies Christmas movies singularly you know so i think he he fits that role so well uh i also have ebenezer, ebenezer scrooge i believe i went with the i went with the 1938 version of, of christmas carol though i'm not sure what i can't i think he went with a different version technically so we had to battle it out on christmas carol versus christmas carol but yeah I went with a classic 1930s version that's the one that i watched a lot uh and i think that a lot of the iconography of that really hits with me. A lot of the lines that are famous from the from the play, I always remember like the delivery of them from that version of the movie. That seems like it was the one that was always on TV and stuff when I was a kid. So for me, that was the one that I watched all the time. And I've mentioned all the time how it feels like a character you can put any kind of arc onto. Like uh, Joe made the argument for It's a Wonderful Life that you can kind of... And then I think it's Christmas Carol too. They both have that where you can kind of like put whatever character you want in this in this journey you know and i think this, this is a really iconic journey that he goes on another repeat character that i had was jack skellington i think yeah uh, i love the movie itself but i think the character has um has kind of transcended the movie you know in the way that the movie is popular but jack skellington is even more popular you know and you can buy the t-shirts you can buy the hats you can buy all kinds of stuff and even more so than the movie itself. And you can argue whether it is or isn't a Christmas movie, but for me, I think it has just enough of the Christmas theme, just enough of the Christmas setting, just enough of like the Christmas arc to the characters. You know, it has the Christmas themes there. So I think it's a Christmas movie. If you can call Die Hard a Christmas movie, I think this also is a Christmas movie. So yeah, I went with Jack Skellington as well. And one that we haven't gotten mentioned yet that I think deserved a spot on this list. I've been trying to represent the animated classics, and for me, one that uh, deserves a spot here is Frosty the Snowman. Uh, uh, people uh, will remember that movie really, really well, I think, and I, I remember the arc of watching Frosty melt to death in the greenhouse and crying as a little kid at the end, being like, oh my god, Frosty's dead. They just killed Frosty the Snowman, and uh, I think... As much as this song is very iconic, I think this movie is just as iconic in some ways. And the simplicity of that character and the voice of the character, I think, is really memorable. So for me, I picked Frosty the Snowman, a classic staple of Christmas for, for decades and decades at this point. And a lot of that comes from this movie. So I, I went with that. All right. Good um, choices. So we have three that I think are locks. Buddy the Elf has two votes. George Bailey has two votes. And Nightmare Before Christmas has two votes. However, Yeah, I think those are good. Yeah. Tristan and I both have a version of Scrooge. I have the Frank Cross 
character, and then he has, like, the original Scrooge, but we also have George Bailey, and, I mean, they're different, I guess, but we also picked one or the other when it came to. Yeah, I, I think George Bailey is more iconic than, like, a particular Scrooge, you know? I would, you had you Brian know Cross, that, there's would, a 38 version... I think Scrooge as a character is way more iconic. Like people say, don't be a Scrooge because of this character, you know, and that's like a people know Scrooge. Whether you're picking a version of this character specifically, I think Scrooge as a character is really, really iconic. And people will say, oh, don't be a Scrooge. And like people buy humbug. Like that's a quote people say all the time. And it's from Christmas Carol, you know, that I think that that kind of character of the guy who hates Christmas, the guy who's all about work and the guy who doesn't, who doesn't want to like take out time for his family, like that all kind of embodies in this character here <laughs> or the Grinch. the Grinch yeah. I don't know I think it's between as far as Joe's list what's not included I think it's between Kevin McAllister Scrooge and I'm gonna fight for fight for the Grinch yeah I think that we already if put I were the animated the movie three, on yeah, there I would say that's if we're going by performance of main character along with it too. Like I think that is a very iconic performance. So um, what are we going with? I, I I agree that we should go with the Grinch. I think that is a really iconic character, and I was debating on it, and I decided not to include him just because I had the Grinch in my movies, you know, and I didn't want to repeat too much. And I think the Jim Carrey version is also really really fun kind of slightly underrated movie people kind of lump it in with like the scooby-doo era of really bad uh live action movies but i i think uh similarly to scooby-doo the live action grinches there was a revisit you know and i'm not gonna lie yeah, I, agree. Uh, I had uh the jim carrey grinch was playing on freeform last night and I had it on while i was doing some stuff i wasn't fully paying attention to it but as it was on i was just like i don't know why this movie gets a bad rap it's it's good it's not amazing or anything it's it's i don't think it's on the level of elf but it's still a good movie that doesn't it has some hate. weird themes for what like a kid's movie should have that shouldn't be included in it yeah like the weird like, like he, party yeah. but there's uh there like everything that's the grinch and cindy lou who i think is good and then everything with like the actual like who characters i think is like bizarre <laughs> i um, love the who characters Ron howard was on a trip when he made that thing and just i think we got to give it to jim carrey and the grinch just because he had to have like a cia agent come in and give him like torture training on basically like because he was almost quit the movie because he couldn't take being in the makeup chair for six hours every day so right I think just out of respect yeah, I, for that, we got to give it to Jim Carrey. I went to Universal out. Studios on a trip, and they had the whole Whoville, like, decked out from the Grinch movie, and you could walk around it, and the Whos were, like, spot on from that movie with the weird noses and faces and everything, and it was like, I, I, I'll always have nightmares about walking through Whoville and seeing those Whos come to life, and, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a movie I'll always remember. Yeah, that that movie just came out at a time, I think, when you had to have, like, the unlikable characters that don't like Christmas, like Deck the Halls and Christmas with the Cranks, and they included that as, like, the Who's. But, yeah, so we want to go with the Grinch, Jack Skellington, and Buddy the Elf, and then do you guys want to do Scrooge or George Bailey? Do we come to that again? We already put It's a Wonderful Life on the Mount Rushmore of Movies. What if we throw Scrooge on, on our main characters, even though two of us have George Bailey? Two of you have Scrooge on yours or version of... Um, yeah. but honestly, the one I go with, the one I picture 
is George C. Scott um, is the one I is George C. Scott. If I were to pick sure. like Scrooge himself, I, I would lean towards picking, even though none of us had it on his, our list, but we've done that before. Is I would go yeah. with George C. Scott because I don't I I know Tristan grew up watching like the original original, but I don't know. I think when people talk about like the movie Scrooge version they grew up with, it was the George C. Scott version. I yeah, I don't agree. hear anyone talk about the Patrick Stewart version. Maybe in England, <laughs> but or maybe the Muppet one. Can we pick Michael? Michael Caine. Oh, the Muppet one was also good. I forgot that one even existed. All right, so I think we're locking in George C. Scott Scrooge. Yeah. All right, so our Mount Rushmore of Christmas main characters. We have Buddy the Elf from Elf, uh, Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Grinch from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Scrooge, uh, as portrayed by George C. Scott in A Christmas Carol, which brings us to our next category, which I believe Tristan is, or no, uh, Johnny is kicking off, I believe, and that is side characters in Christmas movies. Yeah, so side characters, I went, we'll just stick right with, uh, I didn't have the specific portrayal. I always think of the George C. Scott version, but I have Tiny Tim. Um, I think he's an iconic character. The, what does he say? That God bless us, everyone, or whatever at the end, you know, that kind of signifies everything that's gone through in the movie, just like them all being together and him being in a good mood and all that. And Scrooge, you know, shouting out the window to him. Um, he's an iconic character in that. Um, and then I have, uh, I just lumped them together. You could go either or, but I have the wet bandits from home alone. I had to have Home Alone somewhere on here. I didn't grow up with it, like, with the same... Um, I don't have the same nostalgia for it as Joe obviously does, but I, their performance in that, both of them are great. Um, and then I have my favorite... I, it was tough, because I could have gone with four different characters from Bad Santa, um, but I'm going to go with Thurman Merman. He's, he's great in that, and that is too, like... Yeah, Bernie Mac and Tony Cox are both great in their roles in that movie, but you can look at them and point to other things they've done. If you see the kid from Bad Santa, you only think of him as as Thurman Merman. You know, if he's ever in anything else and he pops up, you're like, holy shit, it's Thurman Merman. It's like Shooter McGavin level icon- iconography, you know, character for actor. Um, and then I have, this is another one that I don't necessarily think holds up and some people hold it in super high regard, but um, I from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I have Cousin Eddie. The great Cousin Eddie. He's He was in the other movies too, but his role stands out to me in uh, Christmas Vacation. Um, and, you know, it kind of signifies... I didn't have another character on this list that's when you have the family gathering, you have kind of the crazy uncle or, you know, the family member you're kind of embarrassed about or however it is. I think he's a good encapsulation of of that. Um, and that's a part of holiday gatherings for most people. So, uh, I have cousin Eddie and, Oh, so my four, I guess would be cousin Eddie, the wet bandits as a whole, tiny Tim and Thurman Merman. All right, Tristan, you're next up. Yeah. Uh, I got one crossover here that I'll mention, and that is the bandits from home alone. I think those two characters have definitely stood up the test of time and, when I think back to to the movie that I did watch a lot as a kid, I never necessarily loved it, but it was one that was like always, always on, you know. So I've I've seen it so 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 many times, and 
you always look up for the funny lines from them and the, the scenes of them getting hit. And I always thought they were way funnier than the actual main character of Home Alone, who I thought was just kind of annoying and unlikable, similar to the character from the remake. So at least they nailed that, you know, in the remake. But yeah, I thought the, the bandits from the original are icons that made my side character Hall of Fame. Mount Rushmore. Not, uh, yeah, you know, we, Mount Rushmore. Same, same but different. Uh, another character I have is from a movie we just talked about quite a bit is The Grinch, and I have Cindy Lou Who. I think if you're going to name a side character from a classic movie, people know Cindy Lou Who, and I think she's iconic. And if you're talking the Jim Carrey version, I think that's a cool version of the character, and she kind of has like an arc. You know, she's essentially almost the main character of that movie, or, or like a supporting lead, you know, and she, she I think, guides the arc of the main character in that. And it, whether it's the Jim Carrey version or the original, I think she stands out as a supporting character. Another that I have is uh, the Misfit Toys from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's kind of a group of characters, but I think when people uh, remember the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think the island of Misfit Toys stands out as a really memorable group of characters. And that's something that wasn't in the song at all. So, you know, it was very, it was entirely original to the, to the movie. So it wasn't like, Oh, like pulled some random line from the song and turned it into a scene. It was like, the, they came up with it and it's kind of rang true throughout the years of like people who feel kind of outcast or like, Oh, I'm, I'm feel like I'm a misfit toy. And I think, I think that definitely fits uh, into, into the hall of fame or to the Mount Rushmore. Now I've gotten, now I'm saying it twice, but yeah, the misfit toys for me around the, around the Mount Rushmore. And the last one is one that I think rings to Johnny's heart. And that is from the kind of Christmas movie Gremlins. Uh, I picked the supporting character of Gizmo, the the creature from Gremlins. I think that creature is really cute and is really iconic and a really cool effect and has stood out. And you can see people like Johnny, people who are movie fans have named their pets after Gizmo. So in terms of, I also wanted to cover like a not quite Christmas movie similar to Die Hard, but I think Gremlins is much, much more of a Christmas movie than even Die Hard is because it's very much embodied to the plot and the, into the kind of beat to the story. So for me, Gremlins is a Christmas movie and Gizmo is a Christmas character because you know, he's literally a Christmas gift. You know, so I have a character who's a Christmas gift and one that I think has stood out, like I said, as an iconic character. So that's my pick. I have Cindy Lou Who, The Island of Misfit Toys. Uh, Harry and Lloyd from Home Alone, and Gizmo from Gremlins. I like Tristan's picks. I wasn't sure about putting the Wet Bandits as a duo, but Tristan made me feel better by not only including them, but also a whole island of misfit <laughs> toys. I don't know how. I don't know which one we're putting on them out Rushmore. But I guess they're tiny. All right, so uh, I have a crossover with. Uh, I have two crossovers. So my first one, Johnny, you're gonna feel a lot better because I also have the Wet Bandits as a duo, Harry and Lloyd. So. <laughs> You guys, you guys have said everything I uh, need. You know, wanted to say, needed to say. They're great, perfect. How do you not include them? And then my other crossover, I also have Gizmo from Gremlins. Uh, like Tristan said, he's the only character that's a Christmas present. How can you not include a Christmas present if it's available? Everything Tristan said, I agree with. I don't really have anything else to add. I do also have another character. Uh, from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. However, I did not pick the Island of Misfit Toys. I picked Hermie the Elf. Uh, I think he's one of the most iconic elves in movies besides Buddy. Uh, basically, Buddy the Elf and all the elves in uh, Elf were designed after Hermie. It's an elf that doesn't want to be an elf. He wants to be a dentist, which is hilarious to me. 
Uh, he was one of my first choices. That's I texted our group uh, when we were doing our lists. I was like, hey, th like, do the TV movies count? Because I wanted to know if I could include Hermie. And I could, and I was happy. And so Hermie the Elf made my list. And then uh, my last pick, uh, Tristan uh, alluded to this movie. And it's one of the greatest movie villains of all time. And that's Hans Gruber from Die Hard. It's a character... <laughs> That one, he's, I was waiting for it. He's an exceptional thief, man. How do you? Know, he's stealing from people on Christmas. He's the ultimate Scrooge. He's killing people. Scrooge didn't even kill people. Hans Gruber is out here ordering people's death. He's the ultimate Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge was a bitch. How do you not include Hans Gruber, played by the late great Alan Rickman? And those are my four picks: uh, Hans Gruber, The Wet Bandits, uh, Hermie the Elf, and Gizmo. I respect it. All right, so Wet Bandits, obviously a lock. All three of us have them. Gizmo, I would say, is a lock. I wasn't sure if he was a side character. I know he's not exactly the main character because you have Billy, but I'd say Gizmo is essentially the main character of the franchise. But he is. if we're saying he's a side character, I think he's got to be on there for sure. Um, and then it gets tough between the last two. Because we don't have any other crossovers, I don't believe. No. I would say that uh, I did slightly cheat to get the Island of Misfit Toys on there as a single singular character. And uh, I would maybe surrender that to the to the elf dreaming of being a dentist. I think that is a real, also someone that was on the on the list that I swapped for the Misfit Toys. <laughs> so I would yeah. I would concede to Joe if we want to get another crossover. And then I think that's for right. me to not pick one that was on my list. So if we have Wet Bandits, uh, Hermie the Elf, and Gizmo, I, I like the pick of Tiny Tim. I didn't think of him at all, but maybe we've already had that story on here enough times that we don't want to include Tiny Tim, but I, I like. I think it's an iconic line, iconic moment, iconic character. Yeah, I was going to say fuck Tiny Tim. I'd rather go with uh, Thurman Merman, or I, I think the better choice for that actually is Cindy Lou Who. I think she encapsulates yeah. more than that. what Tiny Tim did and is more of a central character yeah. to the story. Um, you obviously have so many side characters in A Christmas Carol. Um, Tiny Tim stands out, you know, but if you put just a little kid's face on that, no one looks up and sees him and knows, but you put Cindy Lou Who with that hair, everyone knows who and that now is. She's a great, cool rock star, so, you know. Yeah. Where are you, Christmas? Mm. All right, so I think those are our four picks, and so oh, yeah. our... and we can't put Hans Gruber on there because he would just fall off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he's falling. He's perpet. If we were to build this Mount Rushmore, Hans Gruber would <laughs> perpetually be falling off off the front of it. Yeah, it, now it I like be, it more. Uh, it'd be a danger to anyone below. Yeah. So our Mount Rushmore picks: we have Harry and Lloyd, the Wet Bandits from the Home Alone franchise. We have Cindy Lou Who from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Gizmo uh, from Gremlins and Hermie the Elf from Red Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that brings us to our next list, which I believe Tristan is kicking off. And that is non-Christmas holiday movies. So these are movies centered around a holiday that's not Christmas. And we also kind of included Halloween on this because we just did a lot of Halloween and horror talk. And they also get a lot of coverage where other holidays don't so much when it comes to those movies. Exactly. Bad so news if you're like, why isn't Halloween on your list? Well, because 
that we've talked about that movie a lot the last few months. So. Exactly. All right, so my picks for non-Christmas holiday movies, uh, one that I think is a classic that I think not just covers Thanksgiving but covers holidays as a whole is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I think it's set during Thanksgiving, but I think the idea of traveling across the country to try and get home to your family and running into these strangers on the road and that kind of road trip antics and that and the, and the themes of the movie as well are about kind of like understanding people who are different from you and and that that those are very good themes for a lot of different holidays and coming together as a family. So even though it's just a Thanksgiving movie, I included it because I think it also could be watched at all kinds of different times throughout the year. Like the, you, could, you could argue this is a Christmas movie, a New Year's movie, whatever you wanted to argue it as. Another one that I have uh, where the plot literally seems to revolve around the holiday is Groundhog Day. You know, it, it's the 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 idea of the day is central to the plot of the movie, you know, and I think that is such a unique element of the Groundhog Day movie that it fits perfectly on this list where the holiday is sent, is so important to the actual plot of the movie and uh, it happens over and over and over and over and over again and you, you can't talk about the iconography of Groundhog Day enough in the way that we mentioned how sitcoms all try to do like It's a Wonderful Lifestyle episodes and uh, Groundhog Day, how many sitcoms tried to do Groundhog Day kind of storylines where they the day keeps repeating over and over again. You know, I can think of all kinds of what from dramas to to cheesy sitcoms, to all kinds of stuff attributed this. So, Groundhog Day for me goes on the on the list here. Uh, another one that I wanted to cover that is a personal pick, but also kind of a unique pick here is The Fugitive. And the reason that I picked The Fugitive is because St. Patrick's Day is just kind of like in the background of this movie. It's not a primary plot plot point at all, but I thought it was a unique pick because I wanted to cover that element of uh, holiday is there. It kind of happens in the movie, you know, and it's like there's like a scene where I like it personally because it takes place in Chicago, you know, so I have some personal attachment to it. So you see this kind of chase sequence set throughout the famous St. Patrick's Day parade in Chicago. And I like I like I like watching that sequence because it's shot right in downtown Chicago. So you can see the streets and see where, where they filmed it all at. And you can see the River being dyed green, which is a really iconic thing that Chicago does every St. Patrick's Day. We dye the Chicago River green, so it feels like it's kind of part. The holiday is part of the movie, but not really part of the plot, you know, so I thought it was a fun pick. And another one that I have set around a holiday that I necessarily don't know if anyone would have thought about, but I think it fits, and I'll make an argument if you guys disagree with me, but uh, Midsummer revolves around a, a holiday a the midday midday holiday the midsummer holiday uh and i think it's a kind of a fun off the wall pick i've been trying to represent horror movies on this list some way or another you know so i thought horror horror is a good way to get on here and for a non-christmas uh horror movie i went non-halloween too it's kind of hard when you said oh not christmas and not halloween i was like okay i gotta dig deep for something that doesn't suck here but midsummer is my my vote for my fourth pick of a non-christmas holiday movie so i have uh, the Fugitive, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Groundhog Day, and Midsummer. Well, Tristan, uh, your picks are garbage. I hate all of them. <laughs> uh, we have three in common. So, ah. uh, our first one we have in common, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's really the only Thanksgiving movie. Uh, they need to make more Thanksgiving movies, and I think the one reason this Grumpy one... Grumpy old men! True. 
a re- classic. Th- I think the reason this one doesn't get a lot of credit as like a big Thanksgiving movie is you could kind of repl- replace Thanksgiving with literally any holiday that you wanted to, and the movie still works the same. But it's a great uh, comedy with heart. I think that's why a lot of comedies these days don't really hold up and don't fail. It's just a lot of joke after joke after joke, and it doesn't have the heart that a lot of the movies in this era did. Uh, like Yeah, those aren't pillows. Exactly. <laughs> with, like... Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and next one on my list that's the same way is Groundhog Day. Great comedy. One of my favorite Bill Murray performances. It's a plot they keep trying to do again and again and again, and it rarely works, and this movie uh, did it perfectly. Uh, and then our third movie we have in common is uh, also uh, Midsommar. Uh, wow. A crazy, uh, deranged movie. Couldn't really find a whole lot of movies, and this was a very hard category to Google because anytime I tried to google like non-christmas holiday movies it was always like results of like best christmas movies that aren't really about <laughs> christmas and i'm like well that doesn't fucking help me google um uh, but yeah i was uh just thinking different movies and i eventually thought of midsummer and i'm like oh that's perfect this movie's deranged it's crazy uh it's definitely not about christmas and it's uh about a holiday and it's good so I went with that and then my uh fourth and final pick uh movie uh maybe johnny will have maybe it won't but it's day i watch every july 4th that's independence day it's a great will smith jeff goldblum action movie stacked cast it's the greatest b movie ever made it's amazing and i love it and the best president speech of all time real or fictional and uh yeah that's my uh four picks uh Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Groundhog Day, Midsommar, and Independence Day. All right. Well, Joe, I have a couple crossovers here. Obviously, I thought of Groundhog Day well before anyone else said it. So I have Groundhog Day, (laughs) one of my all-time favorite movies, um, one of my favorite comedies of all time, and something that on Groundhog Day, I look forward to that holiday because when I had cable, I would literally watch groundhog day back to back to back to back to back which is seeing a lot of the same scene over and over again but it, it's the best way to watch that movie um i also have planes trains and automobiles which is another movie i i love watching right around thanksgiving or really any holiday that that's just a a great one that holds up and it's a tearjerker that you don't see coming um i, I really love that movie and then i went a little different ways with my last two i went with um I know, you know, sometimes people don't really recognize this as the best uh, animated Hanukkah movie. Um, And no, I'm not talking about you, Adam Sandler. Fuck eight crazy nights. That movie is bonkers and I can't stand it. But I went with an American tale. It's the it's a a Hanukkah movie uh, of Fievel. Uh, You know, he gets his hat on the first day of Hanukkah and then immigrates to America. So. Um, I went with uh, an American tale and then another holiday that I don't think many people know of, you know, I, I don't see a lot of people celebrating this on the fourth Saturday of September and that's von Steuben day. And on von Steuben day, they have a parade in Philadelphia and in Chicago. And on that day, Ferris Bueller took a day off um, and he went and sang in that parade. So I have Ferris Bueller's day off in celebration of von Steuben day. Um, the great German, American holiday uh, celebrated in mainly just Philadelphia and Chicago. Um, but that is my, my fourth choice, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
Um, so I have plane trains and automobiles, Groundhog Day, an American Tail, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right. Uh, so with that, I think planes, trains, and automobiles and Groundhog Day are locks because all three of us had it. Two of us had Midsommar. And so that basically means we're down to The Fugitive, Independence Day, and American Tail, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hmm. Well, yeah, my, Midsommar I didn't know was a, was based on a holiday. It's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. So happy that that is on a holiday. Um, if I'd thought of it, maybe it would have made my list. I'd argue just because, I mean, I had Independence Day, but I took it off because while the movie's called Independence Day, you know, this today we celebrate our Independence Day or whatever, that's, you know, an iconic speech. Fuck that movie. Let's go with something bizarre. That's a, you know, it's a holiday. We but have Midsommar. What do you mean? We, we went bizarre. Yeah, exactly. But like Von Steuben Day, who even knows what that is? <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. I, I love Ferris Bueller. I have a Ferris Bueller's Day Off poster hanging above my TV. I look at it constantly. I don't I, I don't even know if Von Steuben Day's real or if you just made it up so you include Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's not. You don't celebrate Von Steuben Day on the fourth Saturday of September every year? <laughs> no. Come on, man. Which, by the way, really throws a wrench into uh, Ferris Bueller taking a day off and that parade actually being being there because it takes place on a Saturday. But you know that's the parade he's in. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how confident I am in <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off on this list. When I like the deep cut, I've seen though, that I do. I do a hundred times, and I didn't, and I'm still not convinced that it's on a holiday. I like the logic of going for a deep cut, you know, and. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I think we should probably have our fourth slot be some kind of deep. You know, I mean, not like a, a main mainstream holiday. So, what 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 were some of the picks we had that you guys would argue are like off kilter days? Um, I I think it would be good to include a because everything else is about Christmas. I think it'd be good to include a Hanukkah movie, and I think an American Tale is much more iconic than Eight Crazy Nights. So I went with that. Independence Day is the other kind of obvious one. Um, the Fugitive, again, it's just kind of in the background. St. Patrick's Day. It's like where people argue against Die Hard, but then you argue that Christmas actually plays into the plot. St. Patrick's Day doesn't really play into the plot much except for the parade that he hides at. Again, a parade. Great way to know it's a holiday movie if there's a parade in it. Shout out Jingle All the Way. Great film. But yeah, I think it's between Independence Day if we want to go with something that literally is titled A Holiday, or if we want to give like a shout out to an American tale and go with like a Hanukkah movie people don't really necessarily know might be that. I would argue an American tale is a more interesting choice. I better movie also but I probably would say and also we have interesting choices. Like okay, we have Thanksgiving mainstream movie. We have Groundhog Day, which I feel like without that movie no one even talks about ground groundhog day is like arbor day of like a day where you're like oh that's a holiday and then we have midsummer which before the, like johnny still might not even be convinced that's a, i had to google it and make sure that was actually a real holiday so we have one you know basic normal pick with thanksgiving and then two kind of off the wall holidays i think we need a general you know summer big normal not that like Hanukkah is not normal, but we need like, one of those like A plus top holidays, Independence Day. Everyone in America, you know, knows about Independence. A plus Day. top normal that only people in one country celebrate. Well, this is an American podcast. We live in America, man. 
Okay. You know what? We do have planes, trains, and automobiles, which is a Thanksgiving, which is an American holiday. Yeah, so we have our we have our unique American pick here. People in Canada to... celebrate Thanksgiving too. It's just on a different day. Hey, what's more American than an American tale? Shut up, Johnny. No one asked your opinion. Look, my my vote goes towards American tale because my vote goes to Independence Day. Well, we are we are split here. You know, uh, going to be an interesting debate. We got no no Johnny, so. But I have to imagine Johnny's vote's going to go for the one that was on his list. Maybe I'm not. Back. Maybe I was he was convinced. I took Independence Day off in celebration of Von Steuben Day, and I was shut down. So out of my rebellion, I vote American Tail huh. in honor of Joe's Independence Day. We're a democracy. That's two to one. Joe's like, we got to pick a global holiday that everybody in the whole world celebrates. I didn't like, say global. Independence I Day. said that people that listen to our <laughs> podcast. He's like, you know, every country has an Independence Day. Exactly. The world. <laughs> that movie is propaganda. He said in the movie after today, the Independence Day will no longer be known as a like American holiday, but as a day the world stood up. It's a world holiday now. Yeah, it sounds like propaganda to me. I don't care. Could have happened on any old Independence Day. You know Americans wouldn't be calling French Independence Day their Independence Day. Then what, if, what was the day we defeated the aliens? According to Will Smith saying, Welcome to Earth. And now he has a show on Disney Plus called Welcome to Earth. Yeah, his career is really reviving right now. You know, he's got an Oscar coming up. and <laughs> All thanks to Tristan. <laughs> You're welcome, Will. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so I think we can lock it in. Uh, our four uh, movies that are non-Christmas holiday movies for our Mount Rushmore. We have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Groundhog Day, Midsommar, and Independence Day. I mean, an American I don't think that's correct. (laughs) Joey, I don't think you're listening, huh? (laughs) Which brings us to our final category, and I definitely did this in the reverse order I intended to, where we're slowly and slowly getting away from Christmas instead of building towards it. Um, we, We definitely did it in the complete... Wrong order that we should have, but, you know, whatever. And that is Christmas scenes from non-Christmas movies. Uh, So these are movies that have, you know, Christmas scenes in them, but no one really thinks of these as Christmas movies. It's not even really a debate. And our first uh, movie I have is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There's a big scene there where they're exchanging gifts. Harry opens, like, his thing, and he gets, you know, the socks and... You see Harry get his Nimbus 2000. Classic Harry Potter scene. I think if you were to think about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or maybe just Harry Potter scenes in general, I think that's one of the first ones you go to. Great scene. Perfectly encapsulates everything you think about with Christmas. A lot of found family vibes. People opening presents. It's great. Second one is the Mean Girls Dance. I think if you were to do a montage of Christmas scenes in movies, I'd probably get a quick shot in there, even though itself isn't a Christmas movie. You got Liz- Lindsay Lohan singing whatever song it is. It is, I think, what, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree or whatever? Either way, they're in Santa suits. It's an iconic Christmas scene from a non-Christmas movie, so I had to include that. My third one is from uh, Catch Me If You Can, and that is a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio breaks out heads to his mom's house to finally return to his family, and he sees that she has moved on 
uh, she has a new husband, uh, a new kid, and it's kind of like the vibe of you can't go home again. Uh, in that movie, it uh, takes place over a number of years, and they kind of show Christmas through every year. Uh, and so there was a number of scenes from that movie I could have picked, but that was the one that stuck out for me, as kind of him looking at his mom and her new family uh, through the window celebrating Christmas. And then finally, I picked the final scene in Toy Story. Of Damn it. Kind of a remake of the uh, opening where they're all like looking to see what Andy's going to get for his birthday, and now it's looking to see what Andy's going to get for Christmas, and you find out that he's getting a puppy. And so those are my four. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, the Mean Girls dance scene, the Catch Me If You Can scene, and the final scene in Toy Story. And, yeah, uh, I was Johnny's hoping I would have been the only one to remember that Toy Story one to throw it on there. Joe was going down his list, and I was like, okay, good. I thought of one. Maybe someone else didn't. But no, you got to go with the ending of Toy Story. The, you know, finding out he got a Mrs. Potato Head, um, and then the dog. That's a that's a classic ending. Um, one that I almost didn't think of, and then did like right before we started recording. Shocker! Since we've been working on this list for so long, um, and then uh, mine's kind of boring because I also have the first Christmas in uh, in Harry Potter, um, which is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. In the books, especially, there's always Christmas, uh, you know, related. I always questioned why Wizards family celebrated Christmas, but who knows? Um, but, you know, it's iconic in the movies. It's There's a reason, like, basically a few of those movies having Christmas scenes has resulted in whatever ABC family is called now freeform. having um, Freeform, having, uh, you know, the Harry Potter uh, Christmas time, showing all the movies around then. Um, and then also a scene that does a lot for a, for a young man in the early 2000s, the Mean Girls dance. Um, very memorable scene for a multitude of reasons. Um, and uh, then my one that I don't have crossing over with Joe is one that I don't, you could, some people I think could debate that this is a Christmas movie, but I don't think Trading Places is. But at the end when... Um, uh, Dan Aykroyd is in the Santa suit and he's got the gun and he's holding up you know everyone and ha holding the hostages at the end I think that is a good uh, it's you know Christmas scene because he's in a Santa suit but it through everything else that's going on you kind of get some of that you know Christmassy um, morality stuff like that of like you know treat other people how you want to be treated type of stuff because uh, you know don't be mean. And otherwise things like that happen. So I went with that um, over the catch me if you can scene, which I clearly remembered and didn't put on here at all. Um, but yeah, no one cares about that movie. I'm going to go with trading places. So those are my four, three crossovers and uh, Dan Aykroyd holding a gun in a dirty Santa suit. <laughs> all right, Tristan. Uh, I have a couple of repeats here. I think I'm also going with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, you guys have mentioned how iconic it is, and pe when people think of Harry Potter, they think of those scenes. And there's more than one Christmas scene in this movie, though. You open up the movie with a Christmas scene, and uh, you get kind of uh, when his uh, Dudley is opening up gifts, and he has like this multitude of huge, huge stack of gifts, and Harry gets like one thing, you know. And you kind of have that parallel of he has that scene at the beginning, and then later on in the movie, he has this big get. Uh, Christmas with, with all his friends at, at uh, Hogwarts, and I think that really shows the the the, the two different ways that Harry's living. And 
I want to say his parents die on Christmas too. So I think you get like three Christmas scenes in this one movie because <laughs> the opening scene is also Christmas. So you get a lot of Christmas in this first one. I also like that it, it captures like the everyday kind of school life of, of the Harry Potter. I think that's something that was lost in translation because the movies had to focus on like the plot so much as they got along. You didn't get like the routine, you know, of them just going to school, going to holidays and doing kind of things like that. And I like that a lot about the first Harry Potter. The next one I have Mean Girls as well, or repeat from Johnny's list. Uh, I think it's a really iconic moment in that movie. And you'll always, whenever I hear Jingle Bell Rock, I literally think of That's what it like is. that scene. <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's a great scene, a fun scene. And a movie that uh, I've argued for a multitude of times to be on multiple Mount Rushmores. So I'd, I'd hope that maybe now we can finally get Mean Girls on a Mount Rushmore. Uh, a next one that I have is one that didn't get mentioned uh, yet. And that is from About a Boy. Uh, it's a drama uh, where you got to get these similar to Harry Potter. Honestly, you get like two Christmas scenes throughout this movie. The beginning is him kind of like lonely and kind of, not having a lot of friends, he used to prefer to spend his Christmas time like by himself watching movies, and he's kind of dragged into this Christmas situation at the beginning of the movie, and he's kind of not doesn't want to be part of the family, doesn't want to be part of this big celebratory time because he doesn't feel like that celebratory, you know, at the, at the Christmas time. And then by the end of the movie, he's changed so much that he's now welcoming his family into this big kind of well-lit home, home filled with people, and you kind of get the, the change his character's gone through throughout his life where he's gone from this like shut in kind of loner character to being a a member of a large scale family. And I think that kind of is a something that is built into Christmas, the family coming together and growing as a person, but you wouldn't ever argue this is a Christmas movie, even though Christmas kind of bookends the movie at the front and the back. And my last one is one that I think has some really gorgeous Christmas visuals and one that I never get to hear talked about as a Christmas movie. And that is 101 Dalmatians. Uh, the ending of that is on Christmas when the when the dogs kind of go out and uh, the the parent dogs go on like their rescue quest to get their ch- their children and come back. You get some really gorgeous snow imagery, some really beautiful art, and that movie has some a lot a lot of gorgeous scenes. I watched it recently after watching Cruella. I rewatched it after not watching it in a very long time, and I was blown away by the quality of the art and. That last scene where they kind of come together and they're celebrating and they're playing the song and all happy because the family's back together and the dogs are all back together and the Christmas trees in the background and the lights are on and you get the Christmas vibes in that scene. And yeah, especially in the snowy imagery, you get the cold and all that kind of stuff. So I picked 101 Dalmatians as my my last slot for the Christmas scenes from my Christmas movies. All right, so I think we have... Three that are locked, so all three of us had the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, all three of us had the Mean Girls dance, and two of us had Toy Story. So that leaves us with uh, Catch Me If You Can, Trading Places, About a Boy, and 101 Dalmatians. Well, I've seen two of those movies, and neither <laughs> of them are the ones Tristan mentioned. So <laughs> That makes it rough for me, I guess. Wait, 101 Dalmatians is the original one? And yeah, the animated one. The animated one. Yeah, I've seen that in my in my youth. That's probably Christmassy. It's got some Christmas vibes, you know, at the end. Mine's snow. definitely the least actual Christmassy scene <laughs> with trading places, so I'm fine if we scrap that. <laughs> I th- I just was thinking of a scene with someone in a Santa suit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much all I could go there. Um, but I think the three locks we have are really good, and then 
I yeah, like the I like the catch me if you can scene. I think that kind of embodies like a sad Christmas scene, you know, yeah. where he comes home and he, he's ready to have this reunion with his family, and he's like, "Oh, God, I don't have a family," you know, and yeah, yeah I think I so think that covers kind of the emotional range, you know, because we have Harry Potter that's like this big joyful celebration of the holidays, and then we have all the way down to Catch Me If You Can. That's kind of like the loneliness and the isolation that can come with that time too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, with Toy Story kind of encapsulates like the anticipation aspect of Christmas with gifts and stuff, and then Mean Girls is like the the celebration basically because they're singing and dancing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and Harry Potter is about like the having a having a family and feeling like fit in and stuff like that. And then we have feeling left out when you don't have that. So I think those are good for. There's a really good Christmas scene in uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1, too, when they're kind of, real, they're out on their mission, and they kind of realize throughout the scene, like, oh, it's Christmas Eve, and even think about it, because we're so focused on our mission, and now, oh, my God, it's Christmas Eve, and they have this kind of, like, small moment between Harry and Hermione where they're like, oh, Merry Christmas, and I think that's a really cool parallel to this first movie, you know, that all the way, now they're having this different Christmas season all the way these many years later. Not, yeah. I looked it up. James and Lily Potter died on Halloween, not on Christmas. I, I knew it was a holiday. I was like, it's, it's one of the holidays. Yeah. And to answer Johnny's question about why do wizards uh, celebrate Christmas, it's a uh, very simple answer. J.K. Rowling, not that great of a writer. That's why. That's the reason. <laughs> she, yeah, she, think... she has her moments, but... She, 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 ha- she can know. build a world, but then the story within that world kind of falls apart if you think about it too much. Um... So, yeah, that is our uh, Mount Rushmore for Christmas scenes and non-Christmas movies. We have the Christmas scene in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the dance from Mean Girls, the return home in Catch Me If You Can, and the final scene looking to see what Andy got for Christmas in Toy Story. Do you want to run through our Christmas movie, the top top tier of the Christmas movies, our, our list for Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? Yeah, if I can find that list again. <laughs> I was hoping you'd have it ready to go. I was like, "Oh, give us a, give us a, a send off where we can get the what would have been our finale, the the top four Christmas movies yeah, the for top four all Christmas of us. movies of all time that I didn't uh, mark these ones, so it's going to be a guessing game. Elf, Die Hard, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Does that sound right? Yep. You those got are, it. Those are our four. Right those are four Mount Rushmore. That was our big send off. So if you're looking for uh. Christmas movie to watch uh, this time of year. Check one of the movies we talked about. Check out Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Check out (laughs) Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Check out Independence Day, you know? It's a day... Independence Day is basically a Christmas movie, right? It's about this this group that comes down and flies (laughs) all around the world. How do we end the stream? (laughs) Alright. Joe has the power. (laughs) Without further ado, goodbye. Thank you for watching the Movie Change Up podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed, and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.